1: BLOB TALK RADIO Firefly Willows L-I-V-E presents Evolve, featuring your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lizney.
2: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Evolve Nurturing the New in Consciousness, the Arts and Culture with your host Robin White Turtle Listening. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. The arts and evolving consciousness are how we are bringing that change to the culture at large. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of the times we are in. White Turtle Lisney, who received her Master's in Fine Arts from Mills College in Creative Writing in 2012, and her PhD in energy medicine in 2013. She is an author of three books, the most recent being Heart Path: Learning to Love Yourself and Listening to Your Guides. She has published poetry in many literary journals and numerous anthologies and her poem, First Step, was selected for reading by survivors at the Virginia Tech Memorial Bench Dedication in April 2010. In addition to her writing, Robin is also an artist whose work has been shown widely throughout the Midwest and East Coast. Robin White-Turtle-Lisney is a psychic medium and energy medicine practitioner through East West Bookstore in Mountain View, California, through her office in Santa Cruz, California, and across the country by phone robin travels across the country as a speaker and leading workshops to find out more about robin you can visit her website at www.thecenterforthesoul.com so take a breath relax and let yourself evolve with your host robin white turtle listening
3: White Turtle Disney, and I'm at the exhibit Songs and Sorrows, Dias Dia de los Muertos, 20th Anniversary Celebration uh, of the Day of the Dead. And this show runs from October 8th through January 4th, 2015. I wanted to uh, share this exhibit because it has so much. Interesting and beautiful imagery, some of it interactive, that kids and adults both can participate in. Um, the show begins with um, a celebration. Um, it talks about the history of this exhibit, the history of uh, Dia de los Muertos, which began uh, with some of the prints of Jose Guadalupe Posada, uh, and. Have been interpreted in the 60s and 70s into the Day of the Dead ceremonies, festivals, and ofrendas. And ofrendas are like an altar space for people who have passed away. So uh, this show is a 20th anniversary celebration of this particular kind of an exhibit for the Day of the Dead at the Oakland Museum pretty exciting to see. When you walk into the exhibit, the first thing you see uh, is a large large, almost mural-like piece that's actually not a mural. It's a hanging uh, metal sculpture, uh, a flat metal sculpture that's been carved with the image of a man watering his garden and uh, looking at, uh, you're looking at him like walking through his garden. And it's almost like a, um, a cutout in silhouette that we used to have when we were children. Uh, and only it's quite large. It's like six feet, maybe eight feet by four feet high. And, um, this was done by Carmen Lomas. Got, um, uh, Garza, and she was doing this in honor of her grandfather, who has uh, their skulls on the ofrenda or on the table, and many seeds and things that he planted, as well as the sugar traditional sugar skulls and sculptures of uh, skulls uh, with cactus that come out of the top. Uh, There's a chair next to it, and his hat and uh, his um, necktie, as well as Flowers that are all over the base of the sculpture. As you walk into the exhibit, what I'm struck with is how many children are here, and that's so exciting because they're doing school projects and they've come from different uh, educational settings. Um, The show continues around the corner with a live, uh, like almost life size standing skeletons. This is by uh, Marcus Correa. Cordero Bencoma and uh, his altar honors three larger than life sirens that he's long admired they're uh, Lola Beltran Ranchiera singer Donna Summer, disco and soul singer and Selena uh, Quintanini, Quintanilla a Tex-Mex pop and kumba singer um, he likes these songs because uh, sometimes they're tragic and sometimes they're upbeat Beat and they represent a blend of influence of African American, Mexican, and Mexican American cultures in his life. Uh, His muertitas, or his esteemed lady skeletons, are examples of uh, cartoneria, a Mexican style of papier mache sculpture associated with Days of the Dead and championed by famed Linares family of artisans. Uh, This it's almost like a stage there's flowers around the outside of a mirror and then the three singers are as skeletons in different kinds of costumes and so he's representing these three singers uh, with a large ofrenda with three lights on a blue um, dish and fruits and vegetables and candles and a glass uh, for wine and some for coffee and traditionally offerings um, In Native traditional cultures of coffee, of fruits and vegetables, tobacco, are often made. So what's really interesting to me is the combination of both Native American, Native Mexican, and Mexican-American traditions. So some of the prints from... um, Posada are here in the exhibit and some of the original prints so they give you an idea of the skeletal figures that Day of the Dead was created out of Um, there are lots of other exhibits here Um, a couple of females one by Miguel Linares and the other by uh, it's called La Catrina and these are 19th century illustrator. These are Guadalupe Pesada's um, inventive sculptures. Uh, the, Miguel Linares was born in 1946 and this is an opera goer. It's a very famous kind of um, clay sculpture that's a woman dressed like an opera singer but in uh, with a skeletal head and a skeletal shoulders smoking a cigarette. <laughs> so that's kind of a lot of educational support there <laughs> for the kids not smoking. And there's a right next to it. There's a skeleton with a cigar in its mouth, and you can see directly the influence from this print by um, Guadalupe Posada uh, to Miguel Linares, which is really fascinating. Um, now I'm looking at a um, a scene that's a skeleton woman who's got lots of food and um this is uh again by Linares and it's a, a friend, uh friend that has um tortillas and flour and it has a stone mate uh, to grind the flour and it also has a thing on the wall that's like a, a shelf representing many items from uh the kitchen and uh including a sugar skull sausages and um uh there's also like a big tray so that uh like a big shelf area in front of it so you can sit down and actually be a part of this exhibit. And it's called a tortilla maker by Pedro Linares. And um it's all painted paper mache and it's uh courtesy of the Mexican Museum uh Uh, in the Bay Area. So it's pretty cool to see this uh, exhibit and to have people participate in it. So you sit down at the table with a skeleton and then she serves you up pancakes or tortillas. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of skulls and uh, images of skulls uh, that are throughout the exhibit. And now I'm coming to... Uh, another uh, piece that's really interesting, it's a sculptural piece with um, probably 10 or 15 figures in it. And it's uh, called Velorio Death of a Homeboy. This is by artists Graciela and Richard Rios. And it por- portrays families and friends coming together to express their grief through participating in a Catholic tradition of velorio, or awake. This ritual practiced by urban communities serves a common purpose. With the vigils of the Day of the Dead, both provide a time for the family, friends, and the community to mourn members and to comfort each other. The sculpture has a priest with his arms out over the casket uh, of a man who has tattoos and has a bandana, and there are different people, um, older people as well as younger people, um, praying for his soul and. Some are grieving, and some are sad, and some are turned away, um, but they're all a part of mourning uh, this homeboy. So uh, I think this particular piece really has rings um, with all of the killings that happen in the inner city, whether it's in Oakland or whether it's in Chicago. Or um, you know, it it says that there's when the, when one person dies, there's a whole group of people that are. Uh, connected to that person, and so it's, it makes it doubly poignant to kind of realize that the deaths that happen affect so many people, such a circle of people. But it's also a piece of art, and the thing that's beautiful about it is all the people in it um, are a sculpture, each and every one of them, in and of themselves. So uh, it's really a, a multiple sculpture in a certain way because there's so many figures in it and um and it's a very moving uh, kind of scene it's almost like a little um reminiscent to me of like a a little theater scene and it's it's really quite beautiful so there's lots of other posters and paintings in in this exhibit I want to move into the next room um But before I do, we're going to take a little break. This is Robin White-Turtle listening. I'm at the Day of the Dead uh, ceremonial exhibit called Songs and Sorrows at the Oakland Museum. And we'll be right back.
1: Evolve. Nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White turtle Lizney, Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve.
3: of life. I'm Robin white turtle Lisney, and I'm your host on Evolve. I wanted to share with you a few of the things that I'm doing. Okay, this is Robin white turtle Lisney, and I'm here at at the uh, Songs and Sorrows exhibit in the Oakland Museum. I've now come around the corner to Patsy Velda's painting called Four, Four Calaveras, and it has four skulls in the window. It's a painting with a table. And I'm here at at the uh, Songs and Sorrows exhibit in the Oakland Museum. I've now come around the corner to Patsy Velda's painting called Four Calaveras. And it has four skulls in the window. It's a painting with a table, and uh, it looks like candles on the table. And it's a setting kind of in honor of the dead in her particular family, possibly. Um, it uses sugar skulls, which are very much a part of the Day of the Dead ceremonies. Um, and right next to it is a case with three, four sugar skulls and a casting. Um, these castings are passed from family to family, and um, they are become a very important part of the celebrations because they actually allow the skulls to be created, and then they're decorated with all kinds of colorful sugar and sparkles and um, then next to this is pictures and photographs and all kinds of posters uh, from the Day of the Dead celebrations. And um, then there's also a slideshow that shows actual ceremonies that are done in with Aztec dancers and in traditional dress. Um, The really beautiful, beautiful um costumes and different kinds of uh, uh ways that people celebrate uh the Day of the Dead. Uh so we're going to continue on in this exhibit. Uh around the corner here is a piece um, that is done with his daughter Cecilia Altagarcia Garcia Robles Bloom and it's uh done by Calixo Robles. And it's actually a sand painting of Vien de Guadalupe, the Virgin of Guadalupe, and a, again, an ofrenda with lots of beautiful objects on it. Um, there are um, cut-out tissue paper flags that are above the altar and a um, painting on the altar that is uh, uh, of an angel, looks like an angel figure, with a mask, uh and pictures of family members, different candles, drums. And then on the floor, there's this beautiful sand painting uh, that has sparkles and glitter on it and has lots of flowers around the edges. And then there are two skulls in either side. One are more traditional, um, Aztec or Huichol, uh skulls of jaguars. And the other is a skull... Um, that looks like it's been sculpted uh, with little uh, um, candles that are in the shapes of crosses and also in the shapes of, um, how I would interpret it, would be a Native American symbol of as above, so below. That's on the right side uh, where the roots of this tradition really go back all the way into Native indigenous cultures. So this, a friend, is quite large. It's probably uh, eight feet wide, and uh, it takes up one whole uh, alcove. And then the actual piece is probably uh, four or five piece, uh, feet long by at least four feet wide. Um, uh, the sand painting is really a really beautiful piece. You get the reverence of um, people that have passed from these... Pieces, which is what's really wonderful, and also ways to celebrate death in our culture. Uh, so much Western culture doesn't really embrace uh, death as a reality. We kind of ignore it <laughs> until we have to face it. Um, and that's part of what's wonderful about this show is it gives you an opportunity not only to honor people that have passed in very difficult circumstances sometimes, but also just uh, everyday people. It engages people on so many different levels. Um, this next piece that I'm looking at is by uh, Zemina Sosa. It's called Talking With Your Absence. And this is an installation um, in poetry that's dedicated to the men and women who disappeared in Latin America during the 70s and 80s. Um, and it's a, a more of an abstract piece. It's it's not exactly a um, a uh, but it, it is uh, two chairs that are suspended uh, in space, like uh, the, like the disappeared. You know, where were they? Where are they sitting? Where are they? Uh, where are they living? Are they spirits? Are they not spirits? We don't know. And Bibi, she says in her piece here that when someone disappears. There's no closure for their family. The pain and the loss and uncertainty leaves great wounds in individuals and in society. The altar stands in solidarity with everyone who has suffered uh, the horrors of this act and calls for their right um, to truth and justice. And so, this piece is really a—it's um, really honoring those that have disappeared. Um, The next piece I'm wanting to talk about a little bit here is by Viviana uh, Parades, and it's called Alma. This uh, particular installation struck me really deeply when I first saw it. It its I'm going to try to describe it. It's a a glass suspended lily, uh, lily lily-like shape, with uh, five petals and a stamen in the middle. And it has a rope that comes down and is kind of unbraided. And then on the floor, and that's suspended kind of in mid-air, and then on the floor there are these clear glass cast sculptural pieces that almost look like a bar of soap, but they're not. They're reminiscent of... Um, of uh, they have actually images imprinted on them, and they're... They're almost like uh, transparent, uh, about the size of a bar of soap, but transparent with images that are kind of abstract images that are printed on them. And these are in a circle that goes all the way around the outside of this. And what Viviana says about this is this installation titled Alma, which is both a woman's name as well as the word for soul, is dedicated to the many women whose murders bodies were left alone in the desert borderlands of mexico except for those who bring them harm these women are alone in their passing the iconic plant of mexico the maguey, here reproduced in clear glass bears witness to their suffering like my maguey, their souls hover nearby not quite in heaven but not of the earth either almost seeks to honor and not forget those who have perished What's really striking to me about this piece is the shadows. The shadows are um shadow is almost like a cross uh from this flower and it hovers kind of on the edge of this white circle where these uh representations of the souls of the the murdered women are on the edge of the circle. And um like a cross, but it's reminiscent of a cross, but not a cross. It's definitely a flower form, and uh, it strikes me as a um, the suspension of the flower in the middle. It's like uh, the suspension of a soul, or almost like a Christ-like figure, which is just really stunning to me. Um, the next piece I want to share with you is by B. Hocker, and it's a community shrine and this one really touched me um, in the center of the shrine is an altar that has um, uh, little metal sculptures in the center these are um, common in Mexican um, iconog- uh, iconographic um, work they're metal or wood votive offerings called milagros or little miracles you can get these um in certain stores they're sometimes made out of lead or they're made out of metal, and these on um, this milagros on this particular piece are quite large, uh most of them are at least four or five inches long, and in the center there's this tree of life that's really beautiful, and it says it has a big ribbon that says, "You live in our hearts and then on either side of this shrine, uh, there's a table below it and it says in memory in memoriam and then it has you know, flowers on it with flowers on the altar and a, a very beautiful shawl in gold and then on either side of the piece are dozens and dozens of papers and people have put the names of their loved ones on these pieces of papers and pushed them onto nails, some of them rusty nails uh, that are on this Piece of, and it just really struck me when I actually put the name of my father and sister and daughter and mother and other loved ones on this piece. I really felt a part of a community, and uh, so this is um, a community shrine, and it it invites um, participation, which is really beautiful. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about this piece, and if if you don't come. To this exhibit for any other reason, come to participate in this community altar because it really gives you a feeling of being a part of the community of loss. There are parts of the body that are represented with the different milagros and they're seen on the ofrenda and they present prayers to the divine saints and favors that are received as prayers or consolations uh, are given um, and asked for, uh, asking for assistance. So uh, she's placed these ten votive offerings as a supplication to the divine for consolation and life-affirming blessing for all who stand before the shrine. So it's really quite a beautiful piece. And it's really large. It's probably uh, 15 feet long and maybe 8, 10 feet high. And then it has two little tables where you can uh, take a piece of paper. And the paper isn't just any paper. It's, it's this really fine Japanese paper that has a little gold leaf on it and um, a printed square, um printed square of gold, and then a, a printed um, a piece of orange behind the gold. And then there's some silver squares. Uh, So you feel like this is really beautiful, sacred paper. The irony to me is that these papers are reminiscent not of Mexican culture, but of Japanese culture or Chinese culture, mostly Japanese uh, papers, uh, because they're really fine Japanese papers. So right across the hallway from this particular piece is one by Tessie Barrera Sharenka and I'm hoping I'm not butchering her name, but it's For the Love of Amanda. And this is a a sculpture piece uh, in honor of her daughter, who um, was uh, dedicated to her daughter, Amanda, who was taken from from her 15 years ago. She was only 16. Um, And she says in uh, many Central and South American traditions, where my family come from, bodies of water are honored places where humans could commune with the gods. Young girls were placed in rafts or canoes with offerings of flowers, jewels, or gold, and launched into the lakes and rivers to appease the gods. Um, These beliefs have been passed down for centuries, and they have helped form the national folklores of the region. Here I imagine uh, a boat as a vessel that carries a soul to its final destination. The flowers are an offering and also symbolic of the ephemeral nature of youth. When visitors see my tribute to Amanda, I hope they will understand that love does not end with death. I hope that they will be inspired to hold their loved ones close to their hearts because tomorrow is promised to no one. So what you see in this exhibit are dozens of flowers that almost come down like a waterfall around rocks, and there's a a gold kind of copper color fabric that um, comes down underneath the flowers. The flowers are dried, quite large, blossoms, and on top of it is a boat that's made out of mesh, wire mesh, with a, you can see the whole structure of the boat, and it has a backpack in it. The backpack reminiscent, of course, of her daughter. And the clarity, the being able to see through this boat is really quite beautiful uh, because it gives you the feeling of a skeleton but also of a sacred boat, like the boat that might go across the river Styx, a boat that couldn't really float but yet would float mystically, magically on the waters. It's a beautiful tribute to her daughter and quite a large installation. We're probably talking, again, about 10, 12 feet by 8 feet uh, deep, and it goes up one wall and down into um, onto the floor with a huge area that's dedicated to this particular piece. Uh, there are other sculptural pieces here. Here's one by Joe um, um, Mariscal, and it's an altar for uh, Daddy Mart. It's a sculpture piece, and it looks like it has two or three military people with their names on it, Jose and Eugenio, and um, it's an honor honor of those that have served. It's a very beautiful sculptural clay piece. It has like a snake-like figure around the sides. It's done in two pieces. Maybe the whole piece is uh, two, three feet wide by uh, probably a foot and a half. And it has, um, it's reminiscent of the Milagros. It has a heart with spikes coming out of it. It has like a purple heart um, that's above a palm frond. And then it has several skulls uh, that have names on them that are in honor of those that have passed. So it's a very uh, touching, touching piece. What's also really exciting about this exhibit is that there's a kids area here, and again, you can hear in the background there are lots of children school school children coming through the show and um how they're also here to look at and create uh different objects of art if they want to There's a whole table full of books and lots of pictures, and it's very exciting to um see the kids embracing loss in such a creative and beautiful way. Uh so I'm going to break here. This is Robin White Turtle listening. The show is Evolve and we're on Blog Talk Radio Firefly Willows LIVE.
1: You are listening to Evolve with host Robin Lisney on Firefly Willows LIVE. Find out more at fireflywillows.com. Enjoy the show. So
3: I'm back. This is Robin White turtle Listening and we're on the show Evolve. Um, if you haven't been to the Oakland Museum, I would highly recommend that you uh, bring your kids here because it's such an uh, amazing um, place. There are windows in the galleries, um, outside the, the uh, Songs and Sorrows exhibit, where you can actually see down into California history um, in the next level or in the next floor. And what's exciting about that is you get the strata of history in the architecture as well as in the exhibits themselves. So I'm standing on the third floor and I'm looking down here into the second floor and there's um uh, a whole lot of information on the second floor about San Francisco and how it developed with uh different um Chinese and Japanese people also shows um the gold rush and then i'm on a floor where there's stereoscopic slides and exhibits of the actual physical topography uh uh an exhibit called Desert that shows uh the land itself and then shows how it's been built built up uh in the Silicon Valley and in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then there's a huge sculpture here of topography of deserts and um talks about different levels of um desert scrub and uh sand hills and different water courses It also talks about Joshua tree woodlands and pinyon juniper woodlands. And it gives you an understanding of how deserts are formed all through California, most of California. Um, Then there's lots of exhibits uh, all through through here of both modern art and historic art of Central Valley, of the um, different parts of California, Mount Shasta area, Certainly, the Bay Area, um, and then the stereoscopic slides are really fascinating because they actually give you an idea, looking into the, looking down through the exhibit, of different parts of San Francisco. Uh, so you can change these slides. I remember these slides when I was a kid. My grandmother and my aunts and uncles, uh, great aunts and uncles, had stereoscopic slides. And this is, you know, predates television. <laughs> so here you can look at the way a scene of people were, and it's in 3D, which was pretty popular at the turn of the century before there were uh, movie cameras. Uh, so the turn of the last century, of course, not this century. Um, but there's some really great uh, photographs here of the Bay Area and how it was built. You can see the wooden houses, and these are. These are um, dated quite a long time ago. I'm not sure, probably probably uh, dated around the turn of the century. Um, and then this space is the exhibit of history that goes down into another level. So I just wanted to uh, share with you what a wonderful exhibit museum this is and uh, how much uh, people can learn just walking around. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We're going to send Delilah down now This is from her album Tree of Life museum, and uh, we just finished the Songs and Sorrows exhibit, and I'm now in another section of the museum on the same floor, on the third floor. And I'm uh, It's talking about the Day of the Dead beginnings, and it has um, three windows behind glass that are ofrendas, altars to different people. One is Maya Angelou and other well-known figures. Others are grandmothers and people that People knew. But what's wonderful about this particular uh, little exhibit area is it goes back to pre Columbian times and pre Hispanic origins of um, burial offerings. It has uh, sculptures of incense burners and pottery containers for food or drink found in tombs in Colima and Oaxaca, Mexico. And these offer- offerings demonstrate a belief in the afterlife and an understanding that a harmonious union between the living and the dead was essential for the well-being and prosperity of the living. Uh, the Aztecs honored their dead with uh, month, two-month-long festivals in August and September in connection with the harvest of the crops. Uh, one festival was dedicated to the souls of children and the other to adult, the adult dead. Uh, Traces of the tradition continue to be reflected during Dia de los Muertos in the cemetery day vigils for children's souls on November 1st and the night vigils for adult souls on November 2nd. So the history of Dia de de los Muertos actually goes way back um, into Aztec and uh, pre-Columbian, pre-Hispanic beginnings. Some of these funeral urns from Oaxaca are um, reproductions, but some go back to 300 to 500 BCE. Um, There's a tripod vessel and a turtle vessel that go back to 400 to 600 um, uh, CE. And an amarillo pitcher from Oaxaca that's 900 to 2500 CE. So... It's pretty amazing. Some of these pieces are really old. So there's an old tradition in the Mexican culture of, of celebrating the dead. And in the old days they celebrated it for days, for um two months. And today we celebrate around the Halloween season. The Halloween being um you know, the 31st of October and then the the other being the Day of the Dead which is on the 1st. So there are other sculptures I combine the uh, Catholic tradition and um different um uh, little wall sculptures and paintings that are here as well uh some of are are of like uh Vienda Guadalupe uh and others are like sculptural images of people um, that uh focus on the european christian influences and um when the image, uh, Catholic images and Christian religious images came in, the saints were here are here uh, represented on some of these um, plaques, and uh, they uh, were they were an indispensable tool of Spanish missionaries to spread Christianity after the conquest of Mexico in 1521. These representations of saints were used to communicate stories and Christian values to bridge the language barrier. The evangelizing clergy were, uh, with the permission of the Roman Catholic Church and Spanish crown, uh, pr- proceeded to try to erase indigenous belief systems by destroying their sacred sites and by combining indigenous rituals with Christian ceremonies. Now, the Catholic Church did this in Europe as well, and they did it pretty effectively, um, uh, especially with witch burnings and uh, all kinds of horrific Uh, examples of war on ordinary people. Um, Another example of the Christian celebration of the Feast of All Saints Day, November 1st, honoring saints known and unknown and All Souls Day on November 2nd, a day to offer prayers for the release of souls from purgatory. So this is an example of how they incorporated the practices of, of the Aztec that went back many thousands of years with the Catholic ceremonies. Aspects of prehistoric his, pre-Hispanic death rituals were allowed to be practiced along with observances of these Christian feasts. Today's Dia de las Muertos ofrendas or altars and ceremonies demonstrate this fusion between pre-Hispanic and Spanish Christian beliefs and customs. So that's what this uh, exhibit shows and it's pretty interesting to see the different paintings of the saints going back a couple hundred years some of these pictures. So I wanted to share with you this exhibit because it celebrates so much the idea of death as a celebration of life. And um, this is what is the primary focus of this exhibit, uh, Dia de los Muertos, as well as um, the celebrations that we have around Halloween and uh, post-Halloween on November 1st and 2nd. Uh, this is Robin White-Turtle-Lizney, and you're listening to Evolve on Firefly Willow's Blog Talk Radio.
1: Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at two p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve.
3: Hi, it's Rob Whiteley. I'm going to um, this is on a exhibit in the Oakland Museum. Oakland Museum of Art uh, that focuses on Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead. Uh, What's such a beautiful exhibit really helps to bring the community of Oakland together. Um, I can't say enough about the Oakland Museum as a little jewel of that community. There you hear a lot of negative things about Oakland, but Oakland is a beautiful, beautiful city, and it has this little jewel of a museum right in the middle of it. It's not exactly a small museum either. It has quite a lot of wonderful exhibits. And the reason I wanted to highlight this exhibit and take a show for it was um, to talk a little bit uh, now about our culture as a whole and how we deal with death. Uh, death is just a part of life, and it is something we all have to face at some point in uh, our life, whether it's the loss of someone else or our own death or our own um, uh, movement toward, toward death in illness or disease. So uh, it's just a part of life. And, and what we do in Western culture is we tend to uh, imagine that the funeral and the services are enough for the family, uh um, we really do that in a human level but we certainly do it on a business level and uh uh you know people are given a couple of weeks to um deal with a loved one's loss and then expect to back to work and kind of handle it the reality is that um getting over getting through a death of anyone in your family can take several years in some cases, uh, decades. (laughs) And uh, that doesn't mean you should stop everything else uh, to deal with it. But uh, there are better ways to handle and celebrate um, someone's life uh, than what we have um, typically done in Western culture. So uh, highlights... um, a way that Mexican people have celebrated the Day of the Dead from since time of the Aztecs and have brought that tradition forward in the last maybe 50 years uh, into the uh, greater culture at large which, which to me is it's such a gift. Uh, it's it's a ceremony that can help people heal and can help people remember, and can help you remember that the love is what continues. And this, to me, is the most important piece uh, of the d s de los Muertos songs and sorrows exhibit at the Oakland Museum, in that it it helps us to cope with loss, and continue with creation.
1: Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for our live on-air call-in show, Sunday morning at 1030 a.m.